I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh my gosh, it is December already. Well, happy December. Lots on our honk list this week, including our review of the movie Finch. Some thoughts on some various TV shows. Star Trek Discovery for one. A Captain's Origin for the Holidays. Stuff we're nerding out on and so, so, so much more. Let's get into the Christmas spirit and end our week right. What's going on here? Remember how I was toying with the notion of uh, suspending the Christmas bonuses? You didn't. Well, Well, of all the cheap, lousy ways to save a buck. That's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I would beat you in two minutes. I changed my mind. I'm reinstating all the bonuses. Let's rock it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thanks for joining us. Happy December again. This is so exciting. I got to turn the music down. I'm just like cranking. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) What? What did you just say? I just said happy Christmas bonuses. Oh. <laughs> if I, I had a really hose, mister, I would so totally sorry. beat you with it right now. Uh, I'd love, what did yeah, he say? I'll you beat you into September. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I yeah, love that's that. out. Oh, that is a great... I, once in a while, somebody will say something, and I was like, that's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I would beat you with it right now. That's. I mean, I use that quote all the time. That's a good one. Oh, I know. You've used it with me many, many times, but oh, I thought yeah. you were serious. So, oh, well, yeah. usually I, I do pull out the from. rubber hose, you know, start coiling it up, you know, and that kind of thing. And then you're just like, hmm, it's fun. Wait, what? The metaphorical rubber hose or the rubber hose? Never mind. I don't have a clue what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> but it's December. So happy December. Yay! It's time for Christmas. Uh, you know, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I don't know what you said, but. Most people, I don't even know people celebrate anymore, but I celebrate Christmas. So we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about that and have some fun. I mean, not the whole episode, but once in a while. It's it's the holiday season. Yes. So whatever holiday you want. uh, the PC version. It's the season's greetings. Isn't that what? (laughs) Well, it is the holiday season because there are other holidays. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, Thanksgiving is a holiday too. It's like the holidays start right around Thanksgiving, going to Christmas, and then there's, I mean, I get that. I totally understand that. Um, Yeah. So anyway. Getting used to the new setup here, by the way, behind us, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, dude. This is, check this out. I mean, woo! Okay, stay tuned for that. We'll talk a little bit about it. But uh, hey, really quick, before we forget, if you are joining us on YouTube for the first time, please hit subscribe. Click that bell as well, you know, for the notifications. But that way you'll actually, I'm just whacking things here just whacking a couple of uh you know the microphone here your space i'll just like no. feng shui. well normally i have the microphone up here like this you know but it's blocking my bird of prey behind me and so i'm like no i gotta get down here and now i'm like hitting it you know uh, what is that oh, yeah. oh ow you that see the bird of prey. well there's a bird of prey yeah, yeah we'll talk about that in a minute but hey okay before we do that though again hit subscribe please subscribe to the youtube channel i just want you to be notified notified <laughs> <laughs> that is what we call a real Brianism. Uh, notificated. Get notificated like so that you know when we a, do videos. That's a Rickyism from uh, Trailer Park Boys, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Notificated. Yeah. Get notificated. Uh, yeah. But then, of course, the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, too, because you need to be subscribed to that in order to know when the heck, you know, a new episode is going to be coming out. But anyway, I just want to make sure. Here's the other thing I would really, really please ask. 
like the video if if you're watching on YouTube and you like it and please comment. I mean, we want to hear this is the cool part about YouTube is you can just look scroll down and be like, oh, look, type in whatever you want to type. Hey, Brian, you look like an idiot. I'll be like, have cool. Thanks. You know, it'll yeah. be fun. But hey, talk about it. Love to do it. But before we go let any it, further, let us have it let any further. Go nuts. Troy and Abed in the morning. What are you drinking, dude? <laughs> what are you drinking? Hey, it is the season, Brian. I've got some uh, some uh, uh, still a little oh. too hot. Oh, mold cider. But look at your cup, dude. You, you even got the that's like the, the tree and gnomes. Uh, it's a gnome gnomes, cup. dude. Yeah, oh, big. that's that. awesome. It's wow. like a double coffee mug. Is it like yeah. a 64 ouncer. Oh, no, not that much. Yeah, mold probably cider. 16. Okay. 16. Ounce. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, this is also very hot, but let me try it real quick. Oh, it's yummy. Mm. Yeah, that's hot. Okay. Well, anyway, um, it is a nice tasty cup of cranberry vanilla wonderland. Now, woo, is that a tea? I'm going to showcase this for those of you watching. This is a uh, celestial so seasonings and it's one of their holiday teas. There's only one thing I don't like about this tea is that it has stevia in it and I just can't stand stevia, but it's not too much. It's not bad. Let me read the ingredients. Roybus, hibiscus, cinnamon, cranberry, vanilla, chicory, orange peel, chamomile, juniper berries, and dried cranberries. And then of course the stevia, but it's cool. Chicory. You know what I love though? Look at the artwork that they do on these. I mean, that's so cool. That's just, I'm a big fan of <laughs> celestial seasonings artwork. We've taken the tour down in Boulder, Colorado, and it's fun because, you know, they actually have walls of their artwork up and you just go through and you're like, this is really good, man. It's cool. Yeah, who, who needs magic? The gathering artwork. We got celestial seasonings. Yeah, yeah man. Go down there and get ourselves a giant shirt of the sleepy time bear, you know, just walk around and be like, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun, dude, dude. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this studio really quick because yeah. if you are listening, I'm going to do the mind's eye explanation the best that I can here. For those of you watching, you get a, a firsthand view of this glorious studio here. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I've been working on this for a while. This is why we didn't do video last week. Ah, oh, this is exciting. I actually have a real wall behind me. Okay, I got to get used to this. So right here over here is the... <laughs> I got to really get used to this here. <laughs> this here is the Vanna White thing, uh, but that's the thing that our friend Captain Hammerpants made. And you've got one too, by the way. I'm going to showcase you. Yeah. It's behind you. It's, it's right there there right yeah there, yeah it's it's there it's behind there, him right in the center right there the problem with it is that the cameras unfortunately blow well the, the lights from this they get blown yeah. out on the cameras which is an unfortunate right. thing but i can do the red which is cool but captain hammer pants it's laser etched and he was able to make some of it so where you see the t that's actually the real brian show logo so you see the tea, you see the coffee beans and all that, and then you can see the real Brian at the top. Well, the rest of it is actually highlighted by a blue light, and so when you turn that on, there's actually two layers of lighting, which is really cool. Yeah. The camera's really just not clever. picking it up because it's just too bright. Right. But it's, it looks amazing in the room. So, yeah, Captain Hammerpants is amazing. And then I did a video, by the way, last week. For those of you who missed it, you really got to go watch it. It's about two minutes long, three minutes long, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Three minutes. And I did a little studio tour, but behind me, right behind me, right about there is actually a clock that Johnny pistol shot made. Yeah. And it looks like I call it the Qbert clock because it looks like, you know, Qbert jumping down and all that, but it's, yeah, it's funky. And each of those things actually represents the, the actual hour mark. It's really cool. Oh, I thought it was like a soccer ball from the future. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like do, 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 when it rolls because <laughs> it's, it's whatever. A, I don't even know what it is. And then, of course, the freaking chicken is just above my head, which, you know, everybody needs. 
the freaking chicken has, has made his appearance in various shows before. And so we'll be having more of that. And then, of course, we've got the bird of prey, which is, you know, right here. It's a Star Trek ship. For those of you who don't know Star Trek, Enterprise A is right there. I've got my other Star Trek ships and actually um, see Orville's up there. I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff up there. It's a lot of fun. And then, of course, some artwork and other fun things like that. Wow. So it's fun, you're dude. A, it's fun. You're a nerd, Brian. You're a total nerd. And thank you for showing I'm us I'm a all. multi-passion. Yeah. I'm a nerdy multi-passionate because... Yeah. I love my nerdy things, but I would not say I'm a hardcore nerd because, you know, I'm, I'm also uh, <laughs> into basketball, as you can see, you know, with the, the Phoenix Suns over there and stuff like that. So that's true. And of course, our, our uh, college sports. But hey, you know what? Um, it's fun, though. It's nice to actually be with a real backdrop. I can still do the green screen for fun times if I really want to, but it's oh, nice. I hope you do. Yeah. And I've got everything moved over to a whole new table, which I'm on right now. And it's much more efficient. In fact, you know how I was saying it took me around an hour to two hours to prep to set everything up. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh nice. Gosh. Wow. What an improvement. It changed the game. So I'm pretty That's excited. Awesome. You know, another thing I've been thinking about and uh, this, I, I thought about why don't I just kind of share some ideas that I have no promises, no timeline promises. These are just ideas. Right. I've been thinking about more. I'm having a lot of fun with the video, a lot more fun than I thought it would have. And the video Good. I did last week, it was just a quick little fun video. I did. <laughs> I did some really quick edits and stuff. And I mean, I had a blast doing it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to do that again. Did it you was watch really it? creative? Yeah, I watched it. It was fantastic. I, I laughed. I thought it was great. Uh, it was much better than I thought it would be actually. Um, I mean, it was just the, the way, the way you edited, the way you edited, like, like especially near the beginning and the end where you were just cutting, cutting different audio and video clips from your phone. Yeah. Like to make it, to make it sound almost stuttered, like, like the, con- like you're yeah. cutting out pauses in the conversation. It was nice. So good job. Well, thank you. That was my first try and it was not scripted. That was literally my insanity off the cuff and I had a good time <laughs> doing it. I mean, it was just a, and I was trying to make that really rigid rough cut on purpose. That was yeah. kind of the whole point of the, I don't know how to make smooth cuts yet or anything. I'm still working on that. No, That's, I mean, I learned what you did was just right. Perfect. So do that again. I learned premiere in an hour one night for what I needed to know. Uh, Adobe premiere pro, by the way, um, right. that was, it was, <laughs> I've got what I need. I'll learn the rest later. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm learning some more, some you know other things to make it look a little more professional and stuff. But for this show and for some of the stuff we're doing, it really doesn't matter because that's kind of the style. So some of the ideas, and I'm kind of excited about this. I was thinking, why not just really expand upon the YouTube channel? You know, the podcast is going to remain the same. So nothing's going to change right. on this. It's going to be the continued thing we normally hear. We'll still have some guests on now that we're now that we're established on video. We're set up. Now I'm talking to guests and saying, well, now you'll have to also be on video in addition to audio. And they're all saying, okay, cool. Let me get some stuff together. So we're getting <laughs> things ready. Um, but we are going to have guests and, and friends back on, you know, just to kind of chat. And it, I mean, it really is like if you think about Friday, it's, it's like a Friday letdown. Uh, no, the show's not a letdown. You're <laughs> like, letting down for the MBS is a letdown. I forgot. <laughs> Dang, this show sucks. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Let me uh, oh, listen to the RBS. I feel like uh, I just watched out. Finch, man. What the heck? <laughs> oh, we got to talk about that soon. Oh, we will. Uh, so no, the, the point is, okay, you're letting down from the week. Uh, Friday letdown's a terrible name. Anyway, flush the format. Have a good time. It's what it is. We're just going to continue doing this. What I would like to do on the YouTube channel is add things because adding things on the podcast creates a very cluttered podcast feed for listeners. Yeah. And it's also more expensive because you can only upload so much content per month 
before you have to start paying quite a bit more over time. And by the time you're adding all these additional episodes with, you know, more megabytes and stuff like that, it starts to add up pretty quickly with YouTube. You don't have to do that. Plus I want to do some stuff like, for example, grab my phone. Oh, Hey, look, there's the real Brian show cover. Oh, dude, you're hardcore. I, I know, that. dude. Uh, well, you know, I got it from, uh, this is, this is Otterbox actually. And, uh, yeah. you know, a Colorado company went in and I was like, right. Hey, can you do this? And they're like, yeah, give us a logo. It's pretty cool. That's so, neat. and I love Otterbox cases. Cause you know, you can throw the phone across the room and like, Hey, check this out. Throw it across, you know, a concrete. Me too. I- I've got a, I've got a hardcore OtterBox. Little pop socket. I always have. Yeah. And yeah, I have, I have a, let's see if I can show you this. I have this, this, uh, space kitty <laughs> pop <laughs> yeah. socket. How lame is that? Honestly, I love it. That's how, no, I love it, dude. It's great. I love it so much. I have an extra one. When this one goes bad, I can pop the next one. on. Oh, nice. That's cool. Well, yeah. so anyway, my thought is, is getting one of those dash mounts for the car. Um, yeah. I, I hate, okay. So first of all, I just want to say, like, I'm not into the whole dash mount thing so that I can be reading my text while I'm driving because. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what come on. for. No, I mean, but what I could do is mount it and then actually record myself. I'd have to turn it like that, though, you know, so it's coming at me. But right. Sit there and record myself while I'm driving and, and just kind of, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of YouTube bloggers do this. This is nothing new. I've just been thinking, like, there are many times where I will be having a Voxer conversation with various people. Thank you, by the way, for mm-hmm. those of you who, who chat with me on Voxer. And I mean, we get into some really good conversations. It's usually me recording it and then, you know, they respond to it. But I just got to thinking, man, some of these thoughts need to be on video. Some of these things need to be like TRB gets real and put it as a playlist underneath the YouTube channel. So I was thinking in order to make this kind of a, how it would make sense anyway, it would be the real Brian YouTube channel, vlog style. And then, you know, the playlist at the top would be the real Brian, the podcast, the real Brian show. So that stays, you know, and then underneath I would do like TRB gets real, which is what I was just talking about. And then, you know, a lot of people have said, Hey, we want those interviews back and I would love to bring yeah, them too. back. It was just a matter of logistics and other things like that. But then I got to thinking, what if we did like a playlist called TRB nerds out and it's me not necessarily formally interviewing people as much as it is casual conversations about something they're nerding out on my guest or I'm nerding out on about that guest, or maybe it's about the person in general or whatever. Um, And we just have good conversations and it doesn't necessarily have to be every single week. You know, it's not because what I don't, what I don't want to do is be like all of a sudden now I'm doing seven episodes a week because of a schedule. Cause that's just impossible. It'd just be a casual, occasional uh, joining uh, conversation with people you like. Right. Yeah. And the cool part about it too, is that if we, if we do it like this, you know, maybe I do a TRB gets real episode this week and then maybe next week it's an interview or, you know, and, and that way it's not right. too much content either. It's kind of staggered, but then, yeah. you know, I've been, we talked about the Vulcan spice tea, how to, how to blend tea and make the perfect Vulcan spice tea. I would love to film myself <laughs> experimenting and trying this out. And then you can see me maybe even a little bit of like a sped up kind of thing where it's me, you know, trying and then tasting and then you get to see all the recipe stuff and all that. Have a good time with it. It's, it's just makes it more fun instead of me just explaining it. Um, you know, then I can review. So we've talked about reviewing things, recommending things that I like. I would love to do that. Um, that's another thing that I've been wanting to do on, on YouTube channel anyway. And I thought about making a separate one, but now I'm like, let's just put it underneath this, do them all underneath because it's all part of, in my opinion, the nerdy multi-passionate life. Which is is who I am. A lot of people listening 
would definitely identify as a multi-passionate person. Some of you are more nerdy than others. And some of you, of course, aren't nerdy at all. And that's fine. But it really is the multi-passionate life. You're going to be like, dude, how do I blend tea? Or, you know, how do I take care of a bonsai tree? Or how do I, I don't know, modify cars? Or let's nerd out on Star Trek Discovery. It's all over the place, you know? So that's the thing that I love about our personalities here is we have a good time with that. So the more eclectic, the better. That's my idea with the YouTube channel. And it's going to be right. You know, let's, let's do a couple of videos here and there. Let's get a couple of things out and then kind of ramp it up as time goes. And oh, plus this gives us a really, really good opportunity to review movies and TV shows that we feel very strongly about spoiling and going in depth into. Right. I yes. don't want to like do that we, on the podcast anymore. Exactly. Like we did with Picard and, um, and what else did we do that with? Uh, well, we did it with discovery. We things. did it with the Mandalorian. Discovery. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I don't mind that, but it's not, it, this is not the place for it here on the podcast, right? It's fine for us to say, Hey, we watched it. Here's some non-spoilery initial thoughts, whether you should go watch it or not. You know, yeah. that's our recommendation. But if you want to hear us really dive into something as to why we can do one-off videos with that. And again, we're not going to become a movie and TV show review channel. Cause that's not at all what I'm trying to do. It's just, wow, yeah. we need to talk about this. Let's dive into it. And again, yeah. And the, the YouTube channel gives us that platform, you know, that we didn't really have before. So and that, yeah, that's the biggest thing because I, I've heard from many of you who have said, well, I just, I listen to the show. I don't need to watch it and that's fine. But yes, the video platform, the YouTube platform gives us the opportunity to expand like this in a way that the podcast platform really doesn't easily or in an inexpensive way. So right. that is why I'm doing this and um, I'm excited. So those are some of the ideas I have and I'm not going to say when I'm doing it. I'm just going to start surprising you with videos and telling you they're out. So it's going to be the way we're going to do it. Yeah, man, dude, what are you nerding out on? Oh, so believe it or not, lately I've been nerding out about a very fun and immersive turn-based turn-based RPG computer game called wasteland three. It's not new. It's old, older, a few years old. It's post-apocalyptic genre and it's really immersive. I'm enjoying the hang, hang, hang out of it, but I'm worried that I'm going to lose interest before I can finish the game. Mm. Yeah. Over the years, over the last, I'd say 10 to 15 years, uh, I've had this tendency to really get into a game like mass effect, for example, or a show like breaking bad, for example, that I am really enjoying. And then for no apparent reason, I just suddenly lose interest. And I don't know how many of you out there relate to this. I do. I, I have no idea why this happens, except that I usually pick up the game or show again uh, down the road and start off from the beginning. Mm. So I, it's like maybe my, my psyche's telling me that I enjoy it so much that I want to start over again someday yeah, and not, not finish it so I can do that. Or maybe in, this, in the case of shows like Breaking Bad, when this happens, maybe it's just a case of uh, there's so much out there to watch that something else grabs my attention and yeah. then I just don't feel like going back to the other thing. I don't know. So let me ask you this. And I know don't compare yourself to me, but would you consider yourself to be somewhat of a multi-passionate when it comes to interests and curiosity and, you know, the variety of shows you watch, the variety of games you do, you know, cooking, yes, all that stuff for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I have found is that everyone that I know that has a varying degree of a multi-passionate personality is that this is a very common issue. Oh, okay. And we all feel bad about it. And we all start going, (laughs) oh my gosh, I can't finish anything, you know? And like, I can't say how many times I've read books and got halfway through and just went, what? Squirrel, you know, or or, or it's like, I mean, how many video games have I played? And I stopped like cyberpunk. That was a classic. We were all into it. I was loving it. And something else came out and we went and did that. And then I stopped. 
Great example. Yeah. The, yeah. For you. Cause I, I went start to finish in cyberpunk, but you, you did, you did that thing that I do. So yeah, I also did all the side quests and stuff that you didn't do as much. Right. So I think I dove a little too much into the unnecessary parts of the game. Like it, it's not, you can do it. It's fun. It's just that, Oh yeah. You can lose interest quickly if you're diving into that kind of grind versus just sticking with a lot of the main story, which is right. really, really good. But I never right. finished it. I want to finish it. I did this yeah. with Voltron, the the Netflix. Oh my yeah. gosh. I got like four Worth or five seasons. By the way. Well, I know, and that's the thing. I got four or five seasons into it because they were released, you know, they were what? Between six and sixteen episodes, I think, per season. Twenty yeah. minutes each. They were releasing them back to back to back, and then they just mm-hmm. stopped. And then I think it was a good year or so before they released the next season. Well, right. I was on to other things. I didn't have time. I was like, oh, I got to watch it, but I don't have time yeah. right now. Well, then I went, they wait, what happened? Momentum. So then I went back and started over and then I got stuck. And I thought, why did I start over? Because I forgot <laughs> what was going on. Here's something I did with lock and key season two. And this is the best decision I've made with TV shows. Anyway, I went and I went online and I looked for a good recap of season one and I watched and it was a good pretty in-depth recap and I was like, oh, I remember now. Okay, cool. Boom. Right into season two. Didn't I didn't need to start over. Right. So it was perfect. That's a good idea. Yeah. But anyway, I, I hear you and um, and I'm not alone. Yeah, no. And I, and I don't want you to feel bad about it because <laughs> no, no, there's, I uh, I bad. there's so much to do. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's just, I, I don't feel bad about it. It's just that when I'm really enjoying something, I'm, I, you know, half of me wants to I can't wait to keep going. And then, but then there's that, there, there's that my intellect tells me, well, yeah, but you've done this in the past where you just lose interest after a little while. And, and uh, even no matter how good it is, if you put a week between, like if you, if you play a game all weekend long and you're really immersed in it and, and you're just uh, totally involved in this game and then the week that during the week you don't play it at all. And then the next weekend I'll find that I just don't really feel like picking it up again for some reason, yeah. even though I had the best time last weekend playing it. So yeah. Yes. That that's foundation for me. The TV show foundation. <laughs> I've got like, Uh-oh. you know, well, no, I mean, I want to watch it. I had a good time watching it, but then it was like, Oh, the expanse and then cowboy bebop and wheel of time. And Oh right. my gosh. Now, uh, yeah. star Trek discovery season two is out and, uh, Cobra Kai and season four is coming out in a couple weeks. And then, Oh really? I was going to ask you about that. Okay. Yeah, thank you. That was, Lost that, in space. That, season yeah. three is out. Um, Hawkeye oh. season one is out. I mean, it's just like, didn't oh even know my that. Gosh, there's so much to watch. And I'm like, <laughs> I love foundation, but it's relegated down because these other things are more important to me right now because I like them better, but I still like the show. Yeah, I I hear you. I'd have to say there's that, especially right now, there's a little bit too much to watch right now. I would agree with that. We've talked about this before. There's always in this day and age too much to watch there. No matter what you're hankering, there's always something to watch. Yeah. And that's awesome. But for you and I, for what we're interested in, the sh- there, there, there are just too many shows right now to watch and yeah. you, you can't keep up with all of them unless all you do is watch TV, which is not what we do. So, and that's hard um, because they, they had a pretty big, you know, Valley, I guess a, a dry spell in during the COVID months, of course, uh, right. in, in 2020. So they're catching up, which I get, but now you're right. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, Oh my gosh. I mean, think I, I was kind of like, should I go back to the theaters? And now I'm going, you know, forget it. I've got too many TV shows to watch that I can't even, I'll get to the movies eventually. They're like, wait, we've, yeah. we finally watched Finch and we have Venom now to watch and the new James Bond. Finally, we're going to check out and talk about those later. But right. I mean, I know Ghostbusters is out right now. I really want to see oh, it, but I'm just going to have to wait. See that. And yeah. the Matrix, we but the Matrix is coming to streaming as well. So that'll be good. But that's yes. coming up this month too. I mean, this is, it's crazy oh, how much is coming out. It's unbelievable. 
It's exciting, wow. but it it's also intimidating. So it's a, here's the thing. It's a really good time to be a multi-passionate finally, but do you get stressed like I do like kind of, Oh my gosh, I've got this list of things I need to watch. And all of a sudden I start having an anxiety <laughs> attack and I'm like, dude, it's just entertainment. No, I don't. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you have anxiety. Oh, attacks. Well, that, it's my, that maybe that's my OCD side of things. Cause I do have got, yeah. I, I've got some tendencies and I feel like, okay, I've got to watch these. And you know, I've got them. And the thing is, is when I see them listed out on my Plex, these are all the shows that I need to watch. I start getting anxious about it. And then I'm going, yeah. why? Yeah. They're not going anywhere. No, and well, that's I mean, the thing. There's not, no rush. Soon anyway. There's no yeah. rush. And it's like wheel of time. I'm, I'm really excited about, and that's going to be something I'm going to watch because for whatever reason, I got into the tradition of watching Lord of the Rings during December. Well, wheel of time is similar fantasy style. And so it's like, well, I kind of want to watch that in December and I'll save my sci-fi for January or something. And like, I'm not going to be doing expanse season six, which comes out next week or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm putting oh, that off too. Wait. It's just like, We'll get to them eventually, but that's a, it's a good thing to have a surplus of things to engage with versus the dang, there's nothing going on. Now I got to right, go watch something totally. old or play an old game or something. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. No complaints on my end. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad though that you struggle with this too, because then hopefully we can relate to some of you listening and watching yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Hey, maybe it's, uh, it's what it is and, and don't worry about it. We are what we, what people have called polygamous gamers versus monogamous gamers because you know we we play a bunch of different games versus just one game for three years straight right so uh and i know people like that has nothing to do with marriage i just want to clarify i've got that. a i've got a buddy who plays skyrim over and over and over again just from oh, start wow. to finish and then starts yeah. over <laughs> that's all he plays you know there's nothing wrong with that but it's just with so many other things out there why hey, he has a he has a blast so yeah no I'm, as long as he's having fun, him. that's all that matters and yeah. that's the thing everybody's yeah. different so i love it Right. All right, dude, we've got a uh, origin and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing some holiday slash Christmas themed origins. So, uh, yeah, give it to us. all month. So this week, mistletoe and why we kiss under it. I bet a lot of you have wondered this over the years, but like most of us, you don't really look into it. It's like, oh, okay, we kiss under the mistletoe, whatever. Well, from LiveScience.com. Mistletoe is one of the many Christmas holiday traditions that frankly, most people do not understand, but play along with anyway. But mistletoe's magical hold over holiday lovers goes back way before the first office Christmas party. There are hundreds of species of mistletoe, which is a parasitic green plant that grows on trees and shrubs uh, that can be found around the world. And as such, many cultures have worked the plant into their customs and mythology. Many ancient groups associated with mis- associated mistletoe with fertility and vivacity, and some considered it an aphrodisiac. Of course, of course, the, somebody considered it an aphrodisiac. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the Celtic druids are among the first people known to ascribe a tradition to mistletoe, uh, using it in ceremonies at least a few thousand years ago. But they didn't kiss under it. They believed that mistletoe, especially a rare species that grew on oak trees had sacred powers, including the ability to heal illnesses, protect against nightmares, and even uh, predict the future. As such, the Druids, uh, again, Celtic priests, would collect it during the summer and winter solstices. Hence, they were were most likely the first to use mistletoe to decorate houses around Christmas time. The tradition of kissing under the mistletoe started in ancient Rome during the festival of Saturnalia. I think we've mentioned Saturnalia before. Uh, It was held between December 17th and 23rd. And later in marriage ceremonies, uh, because the plants, because of the plants associated with fertility. Uh, by the way, it's interesting that both the Romans and the Celts saw the same fertility aspects in mistletoe, uh, and this was because it could blossom even in cold in the cold of winter. 
during the Roman era, enemies at war would reconcile their differences under the mistletoe, which to them represented peace. Romans also decorated their houses and temples with mistletoe in midwinter to please their gods. Uh, There is also a Nordic myth concerning mistletoe, and it goes like this. The plant was sacred to Frigga, the goddess of love, but Loki, commonly known as the goddess of mischief, the god of mischief, excuse me, shot Frigga's son with a spear or in some tellings an arrow carved from mistletoe. Frigga revived her son under the mistletoe tree and decreed that anyone who stands under the mistletoe tree deserves not only protection from death, but also a kiss. In Victorian England, kissing under the mistletoe was serious business. If a girl refused a kiss, she shouldn't expect any marriage proposals for at least the next year. Oh, wow. And many, yeah, and that's, doesn't that suck? And many people would snub their noses at her, remarking that she would most likely end up an old maid. Oh, boy. Rather sexist, yes. Yeah. But that was Victorian England. Uh, today, we have a much more lighthearted approach to the tradition, although many couples simply just kiss when caught, under, uh, caught standing under it. There is actually a proper etiquette dating back to ancient times about kissing under the mistletoe. Linda Allen writes in... Decking the Halls, the Folklore and Traditions of Christmas Plants, Christmas Plants, that the gentleman should pluck one white berry while kissing the lady on the cheek. One kiss is allowed for each berry. So next time you find yourself under the mistletoe with someone, you have to pluck a berry. Don't eat it. Just pluck it. (laughs) Yeah, it's poison. It's poison. Like I was just saying, it should be mentioned that the plant contains toxin amines. And eating the, its berries can cause vomiting and stomach pain. Uh, in the past, mistletoe had been thought to be a cure for epilepsy and other ailments, but it was proved false. Uh, in fact, mistletoe is probably more harmful than helpful. Deaths have even, have even been reported from drinking too much tea made from its berries. Ooh. So, Brian, throw away your celestial seasonings mistletoe blend. You know, um, I was wondering, I did get this in one of those cheap bins, actually, at uh, Walmart. And... <laughs> I'd, a dollar. The it's dollar like uh, the mistletoe Christmas blend. Probably yeah. should get rid of that. Chuck it. Chuck it. Thanks for letting so, me know. Well, there you go. It is interesting that there are different varieties of mistletoe. I should probably look them up because you know we've seen Lots. mistletoe in Rocky Mountain National Park, and it is not a pretty plant. It doesn't have any berries. It's this brown. I mean, it's nasty looking. I don't even know how to huh. explain it. It it looks just like mold and fungus and all kinds of other things just kind of coming off the tree and you know the tree is really in bad shape because it's a parasite or it is is a parasite yeah it's a parasite so but it's destroying the trees so they're trying to kill the mistletoe before it kills all the trees because once they start spreading it becomes a problem but i've never seen in the wild the pretty berry-like mistletoe that we have you know traditionally have at christmas and stuff right at some or maybe that's what they're talking about with the oak trees though all right. Well, thank Hopefully. you. That's a beautiful one. And then I know you've got candy cane coming up. No, we shouldn't tell them ahead of time because then they're going to look it up and then oh, vet my Oh, origin. don't do that. Oh, well. Yeah, sorry. we're going to scratch yeah, yeah. candy cane from the list. Yeah. Forget it. You're not going to have candy cane. Yeah, no, we'll, no, we'll talk about like, it up yourself, eggnog yeah. or something else. <laughs> yeah, eggnog. There you yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the eggnog cows that only come out in November and then they're out through January and they're gone and then they go back into hibernation. Pretty cool. So what's on our mm-hmm. honk list? Let me tell you, my goodness. So I mentioned that Lost in Space Season 3 is finally out. Yes. Have not I checked it out, uh, but Maybe it will. There. So that's good. Hawkeye season one is out as well. Also have not checked it out. I know we're two or three episodes in already, but. Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll talk. Okay, so wait. Really, that's on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, really quickly. Let's talk God, about Hawkeye. It. I've mentioned before that he's one of my least favorite Marvel superheroes. Okay, so they're going to do a show about him. That's interesting, you know. So, so what do you think about Hawkeye getting his own show in general? I think as long as they write it right and it's uh, if as long as the same actor is going to be Hawkeye, mm-hmm. he did a great job. 
personally, oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a comic book, uh, a Marvel comic book nut. Um, I didn't even know Hawkeye was a character until Avengers. So I liked him. I thought he had a nice set of gadgets. I thought he was acted well. I think that if Falcon can, can have a, a successful show and that was successful and I really, really liked it, I think that they can do the same thing for, for, uh, for Hawkeye. No problem. Okay. I yeah. think it's going to be fine. I think it'll be a great show. Marvel seems to do a very good job delivering as long as they don't get you know, too agenda driven and more, they stay more story driven. I think it'll be fine. Right, right. I think it's coming off of, you know, being such a huge fan of Arrow, the green arrow and Mm -hmm. knowing how spectacular they did that show for the most part, you know, minus a few episodes and seasons, but for the most part, that was really a good show. And I've always said if, if green arrow versus Hawkeye, green arrow is going to kick Hawkeye's butt. I mean, period. There's just no way. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know. No, no. Oliver, at least in the TV show version that we watched, Oliver was significantly more trained than Hawkeye ever has been. Hawkeye's, okay. although to be fair, your your Avengers, no, it was Avengers Endgame, where now all of a sudden he's kind of a samurai warrior and stuff like that. I guess we could kind of say maybe he and Oliver would uh, probably do a pretty good, pretty good match at that point. But it doesn't really matter yeah. because it's never going to happen. But my point is, is that I just never really liked Hawkeye because of really liking arrow so much right and i can't don't blame you for automatically comparing them because yeah how can you not yeah. uh, especially if you're such a, a arrow aficionado like you were but did oliver have all the all the fancy trick arrows that oh, yeah. hawkeye has okay yeah. the stereotype tradition has always been that dc comes out with the hero first and then marvel <laughs> copies it and does better yeah, usually exactly. in this particular situation, DC did better with arrow than they did with Hawkeye. But I think that was kind of the there same thing, but yeah, he's got the trick arrows, but Oliver was trained by a lot, <laughs> a lot of things. So anyway, regardless, we'll see what happens, but I am definitely going to watch it because I'm curious and yeah, me too. I truly hope that it is a continuation from present day where he's become, you know, the samurai warrior in addition to his archery skills and everything else. That is when I finally got interested in Hawkeye pre that eh, so we'll see yeah. we'll see what they do uh, or maybe they'll do the whole um you know the prequel with black widow i don't know yeah. maybe the like i mean I, who knows know, we'll see i feel like if they have a hawkeye show they almost have to at least somewhat dip into that lore with black widow in fact i wonder if uh, scarlet's in it take a lesson from arrow and copy them what would have been amazing is to have present day and then do the flashbacks I think they kind of have to because there's so much unanswered, you know, there's so much dialogue between him and, and black widow during the MCU movies yeah. about their, their past at Budapest and all that stuff. Yeah. Budapest. Well, we'll see what happens, but um, there's that. And so, so much to watch, but I am continuing cowboy bebop. I've enjoyed it so far. I've only watched the episode one of the anime, but I've, I'm what I, did. I think I just finished episode five of the actual live action show. And then you finished the episode. Yes. So why don't you tell us first what you think? Well, so I really ended up liking Cowboy Bebop a lot. At, at first, I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how I reviewed it in the show a couple of weeks ago, but I was, I, I thought it was okay, but I, I did, you know, disparage the filming style a little bit, sort of. I mean, I, 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 I acknowledge that it was a contrived style. It was done, it was done in the way it was on purpose. And by the way, since then, I've realized that it was done in a, it's like a, it's like a 1970s kung fu noir yeah. style. <laughs> I don't know. It's like there's a little there's a little kung yeah. fu 1970s. There's some James Bond 1970s. There's noir in there. Uh, it's just a mix of those things, and 
and I ended up really liking it, mostly on the strength of the character interactions. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I thought that the show creators did a better job than the original anime in establishing a, uh, establishing a strong camaraderie between the three main characters. Mm. Uh, and, and by the way, this isn't spoiling anything, but the very last scene of the season, the very last like three minutes was totally unexpected. And in spite of the fact that they finally introduced another key character, oh. they did it really awkwardly. So cool. <laughs> I, was like, I can't wait to hear what you think about that. It was, it's like, yeah. it's like the last three minutes, I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> so, well, and I don't know the anime that well yet. So I'm, I'm learning about it, but I don't know the other characters yeah, you have, yet. So you don't know who this is. Uh-huh. So yeah. You know, but Bebop fans know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I think you did a really good point about the character interactions. In fact, one of the things that I think I like the most about the show is the character development and the interactions between all the characters. And, and, and I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because, for example, episodes two and four, no, two and five, yeah. um, which is the one I just watched. Episode two, especially, but episode five, kind of the backstory with with Jet. It was okay. I wasn't drawn into it. I, I found my, I, I kind of found my mind wandering a little bit, but what kept me going is the interactions. And you know, you've got the interactions between spike and Faye and you're just like, dang, this is amazing. Like they're, yeah. they're amazing together. I feel so connected to the characters in five episodes and they've like, I feel like I know the characters. I feel like I could hang out with them and I already know them. That's how, how good of a character interaction yeah. I think or, or development that they've done which is in quite a huge contrast to Star Trek Discovery, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm blown away by that, but I am enjoying the show and, and I think it's at least worth watching. And uh, if you like that style, by the way, and I'm having fun with it though. It's fun. Oh, it, it's a fun show. That's, that's the bottom line. Cowboy yeah. Bebop live action is a fun science sci-fi show. And I love the filming style, by the way. I know some people really I can't got, stand it. I love it. I got used to it and I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to talk about Finch here in just a minute, but briefly, let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. I'm going to go first here because I want to end on a positive note. (laughs) You have way more to say about it than I do, too, so go for it. Yeah, because of course we had to check it out. We're not going to go into too many spoilers here, but actually really none because we're not trying to do that. No, I've had a love-hate relationship with Star Trek Discovery, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm such a Star Trek fan, and I know Gene Roddenberry's vision. I know the utopia that he tried to create. And what was interesting about that utopia was that it was, here's what we should be and here's what we could be. So let's be an example. That's what the show's about. I feel like they yeah, did a pretty good job. An example, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they've always done a really good job with that through most of the Star Treks. Ironically, right. Star Trek Lower Decks does not showcase that. I enjoyed the show for a completely different reason. It's funny, right. it's irreverent, but it is not Gene Roddenberry's vision. No, I don't think discovery is either. I think they're trying to showcase that they're trying to kind of backpedal now like, oh, hey, we can be good now. We were bad and now we're going to be good and everybody's happy and we're perfect now, but not really. And that's the thing that's that's interesting to me is that they're it almost feels forced like, oh, we got to go back to that, but but they're not really there yet. So that's something that's one thing. But here's the thing about the first episode. I liked the story. I liked yeah. the action, the the filming, the CGI, the style of it, um, the mystery behind what's going on. You know, who did this? What's what's happening? You know, I really liked that about the first episode. All of that to me would be, you know, a seven point five, even an eight out of ten. And it wasn't great. Okay. It wasn't amazing, but it was it was good. I liked it. It brought yeah. me in. Yeah. The thing that's just killing the show for me are the characters. 
And it's not acting, it's writing because I know some of these yes. characters, or I'm sorry, these actors, they do a great job with acting. Nothing against these actors at all. It's all in writing because the characters are, to me anyway, they feel very two-dimensional, very fake for the most part, a lot of times very forced. And then the development, I mean, Harry, I'm talking about in five episodes of Cowboy Bebop, I know those characters we're on the fourth season of discovery. I still don't even know who most of the bridge crew is. I don't even know their names. <laughs> There's no tie back. You know how, like when you meet somebody, you want to have some kind of an association so that you can remember their name. And then sure. eventually, of course you don't need that. But in the beginning, there's no association with these characters. Like the helmsman. I can't think of her name. I don't know anything about her. They've done no. none, no episodes I, on her at all. You're, that's funny because I know her name, but I can't think of it. So you have a really good point. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> I don't think they've ever done an episode on her where there's any development. And so you're just like, okay, she's there, but I don't know her and I want to know her, but I don't. So anyway, that's one of the biggest things yeah. that I find. I mean, it really comes down to it. It's a lack of writing quality, talent, continuity, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's all of the above. I'm not sure. For example, Burnham, she's all of a sudden now a captain. And right. they, I know they mentioned it in the, in the final episode of season three, but right. she did not deserve to be the captain based on her past actions. If you actually go back and watch what she's done, she's done some very good things and she's done a really, a lot of really bad things that are, I mean, she's, she's gone through court marshals and she led a mutiny. I mean, come on. You, you don't really right. become a captain doing this kind of thing. That's just not realistic. She's a human raised by Vulcans. Now, if you know anything about Vulcans, Vulcans, have a significant amount of very passionate emotion. Hence the reason why they, they've learned to suppress their emotions because they can, in their past, they were very violent, over very over, yeah. yeah, over the top. So they learned to suppress it. So theoretically then, right, this is logic speaking. It should be a lot easier for a human to learn how to suppress emotion than a Vulcan, right? You think? Right. Okay. Yeah. Season one, Burnham was very Vulcan-like, very right. logical. Yes no emotion season two. She had a lot of outbursts and all of a sudden she's not quite as logical. And she was doing things that were very emotion based rather than logic based, which was kind of weird season yeah. three. She cried a lot and <laughs> now all of a sudden she's happy and smiling and everything's wonderful. And she's very emotional and she's almost gushy at times. And I'm like, wait, so yeah, I think it's, what is she? Is she, it's almost like is she logical or not? It's almost like they want you to forget the 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 established, the initially established storyline about how her how she was raised with Spock, yeah. uh, essentially. Um, but it, and, and again, you know, it broke the so, rules. Yeah they, they, yeah, they broke the rules, and they're like, uh, let's just hope they kind of forgot about that. So, yeah, I mean, okay, I guess if you're watching in the background and you don't really care much about the show, fine. I mean, whatever. But the the other thing, I, the last thing I'm just going to say really quickly is that they it bothered me about how um, prideful Burnham is now as a captain. There's a scene okay. between Burnham and the new president of the Federation. And right. I thought the president was awesome. She came in and, you know, she's complimenting and encouraging Burnham as, as the captain. And then she's critiquing her constructively. And I don't remember exactly what was said, but I do remember that Burnham did not receive it. Well, she was very standoffish. She was prideful about it. She was rejecting it. She's kind of like, you don't know what you're talking about. President. And you know, every other captain, every other Star Trek captain has been teachable. They've been strong leaders, strong personality, but they've been teachable. They've learned from their mistakes. 
They've never been prideful. Oh, and here's the thing. They're showcasing Burnham in episode one of season four as a strong diplomat. Well, a strong diplomat doesn't bite the head off of somebody that's critiquing you constructively. True. Just saying, especially, especially your president. Yeah. Um, and so you, when you take comparisons of all these other captains and now you've got this captain that I don't think deserves a position and she's not teachable. Well, if I were her crew, I wouldn't be following her into battle. I'd be a little worried about that. <laughs> not to mention, but they all love you, her. I, this doesn't make any sense. And I love, like, I love her too, but you, you well, all be a very they valid didn't points. like her because there was a time where they hated her because of what she did. That's and now all of a sudden everything, oh, we just threw it out the window and everybody's like, yeah. Oh, we love you, Michael Burnham. You're the greatest thing ever. And it's like, <laughs> well, I'm glad you forgave her, but what? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's not that things can't change and people can't change. I, I believe in right. that people can change and things can change. I, I believe in that, but of course, there's a lot of missing pieces. There's a lot of gaps in wait. How did they go from hating her to now? They just think she's the greatest thing ever. How did she become a captain when she's made all these mistakes and mutinies? And it doesn't make any sense to me. That's that's the thing. I think the writing is just very inconsistent. And and again, this is nothing against her as an actress. I think she's fantastic. Right. Yeah, just don't like her awesome. character. Right. Anyway. No, I, I think you all have, I think you have really valid points. I, I'm yeah. personally not as sensitive to those things. I so I not. didn't really, it didn't occur to me until you, until you met, brought those things up and you, you do have valid points, but I'm one of those who kind of forgot the fact that she was raised by Vulcans. And so I just didn't, didn't bother me that she is the way she is now because yeah. it's been, you know, it's been three full seasons. I remain cautious in how the season plays out because the series is so woke now. It's kind of a iffy thing for me. So uh, in some ways it's awesome. In other ways it's like, too far. So, well, Gene Roddenberry was always future thinking kind of like, Hey, we can have a female captain. Hey, there's a black woman that has a lead role and the the first interracial kiss on TV. I mean, and I really appreciated that about Gene Roddenberry. I love that. That was awesome. You don't need to tell me. You just need to show me. That's all getting into Finch, dude. So this movie came out a little while ago, but I'm, I'm, I don't even know if it went to the theaters or not. It might have, but it's an it's a Apple movie and um, everyone's like, wait, Tom Hanks did another movie. What's going on here? It's a post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it, Didn't know much about it. So we decided let's watch it. Let's give our thoughts. So Captain, you get to go first on this one. Yeah, it came out of left field for me. I didn't even, I, I knew nothing about it until you said, hey, we need to watch this. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's watch it. Um, I enjoyed Finch, but I felt that the overall result was a lot of melancholy for very little reward. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Jeff, the robot and we're not spoiling anything. There's a robot named Jeff and his interaction with Finch. Uh, I enjoyed that, especially near the beginning at the end, it was a little ridiculous, but near the beginning (laughs) it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I thought, I thought his development as a, as a, as an AI, you know, a fledgling AI was a little forced and thereby unrealistic. I mean, it was kind of, it was forced based on, on the timeline of the, of the show, of Mm -hmm. the movie. Um, the, the, the plot was very straightforward and about as shallow as it gets. Mm. The whole premise of and this, I don't want to say this. Never mind. Uh, what I was about to say is <laughs> yeah, going to spoil. We're not going to spoil it's a it. Spoiler. Yeah. The the pre the premise of the movie seemed too simplistic and weird. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a John Wick plot, except without the dog killing. Um, yeah. I I liked the post apocalyptic aspect of the film, of course. Uh, but there are far better movies out there in that genre: Mad Max, The Road, I Am Legend, Book of Eli, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I came away from this one, Brian, feeling a little depressed and unfulfilled. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Okay. You yeah. know, it's, it's interesting. Um, listening to what you said when I watched it, I had a different emotion than I do now. 
because I had time to think about it. it. No, no, no. This was actually before you, before I listened to you, but I'm saying coming into our episode today, I got to thinking, okay, I wrote a lot of stuff here the night I watched it, but now I'm going, Mm -hmm. I'm a little different on that, but I'll get into that. Okay. So you mentioned the post-apocalyptic aspect of the film. This is interesting to me because all of the movies you mentioned, Mad Max, you know, uh, I am legend book of Eli. Those are the three that I've seen anyway. I, I liked them all by the way. And yeah. I do think that from a movie perspective, they are a better movie, but here's the thing. Every one of those involves a significant amount of violence of some kind, fighting, violence, uh, high, high intense action. This yeah. was one thing about Finch that I really liked was that there was none of that. You see True. one like kind of part where you kind of witness a little bit of violence, but I mean, it's very subtle. It's very much in the background. It's only for about a minute or so. And that's it. Other than that, like the entire movie, um, it, it kind of addresses him from his perspective. Anyway, and that was something that I, I just, you don't see that very often anymore. And so I was very yeah. refreshed by that and thought that was kind of a new thing. But I loved it. I got to say that, that there were some things about it where I would say it's very highly recommended because I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the camaraderie. I, I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed the character interactions and development. I mean, they even gave a lot of personality to the dog that was in it. It was amazing. Uh, And by the way, I'm going to spoil this. No, the dog does not die. So for those of you who are worried about, oh my gosh, (laughs) did they kill the dog? I'm not going to watch it. No. That being said though, they left a lot of mystery in the movie, which I thought was really nice. There was, there was a lot where he would explain things, but you didn't see anything or this happened, but you didn't see it. Or what about this? Well, you didn't see it. And I love that. That's, that's the kind of stuff where, I prefer that almost because it leaves it up to the imagination. And then you start to really think about it and really wonder about it in ways where sometimes if they show you, then you're like, Oh no, I'm disappointed because that's not what I had in yeah. my mind. So that's really another cool. interesting. Another interesting thing about this movie was that that's a little unique was that the primary antagonist in this movie was the environment. It was not other people. Yes, Like you said, uh, like in Good those point. other movies I mentioned, uh, other people are the primary antagonists. So the people that the main characters are trying to avoid or fight yeah. against or, but in this case it was one, virtually a hundred percent the environment. Well, so the last thing I'm going to say, and, and this was kind of funny because at first, uh, you know, th- there are sad moments in this movie and I'm thinking like, but this is such a great movie and it's wonderful. And so I'm saying, yes, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Then I started to think about it. Here's what's interesting about this movie is that it stuck with me. Very few movies these days are sticking with me. You know, it's kind of like, cool. I watched it. All right, I'm done. Then with, with Finch, it's like, it stuck with me throughout the night and into today. And then, you know, and I'm going, you keep thinking about it. Yeah. I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, that yeah. actually means that it's a, a well done movie, or at least in a way that I, you know, receive it or whatever. But yeah. what I realized was, is that I was almost depressed and bummed out too, because of how it was delivered, what happened in the movie. And I'm like, did I like it or would I watch it again? You know, it's, it's one of those things. So it's kind of like, you know, you're not wrong about the fact that you, it left you feeling depressed and melancholy because it does. No, to their credit. Yeah. To the, to the directors and writers credit, they achieved, I feel like they achieved the emotional buttons they were attempting to push. Certainly with me. Um, Because the, the, the soundtrack and what happens in the movie is meant to get you down. It's not like it ends all bummed out and everything. There's a, there's a somewhat happy ending to it, but uh, it's, it's just a very sobering movie. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, I'm giving it a higher score than you are. So I know you're saying it's a six out of 10. I'd probably give it an eight out of 10. Um, oh, wow. Eight. Yeah. Well, or at least a 7.5. I, I think so. Because no, I mean, there's some good stuff in there that I really enjoyed and I'm not a yeah. big post-apocalyptic person anymore when it comes to stories. I yeah. liked it. 
IMDb would agree with you uh, okay. with this. IMDb would agree with me with Star Trek Discovery. So, I mean, everybody's okay. got their different opinions. Everybody is going to yeah. see it differently. So how I always like to say it is if you're into this kind of stuff and based on our review, make a choice. See what you think. You know, yeah. if you want to watch it yeah. or not. Uh, but there, there is that sad point, which definitely is a, a detractor for most people. So, all right. Well, there Good you go, thought. dude, captain. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun yeah. today and always real That's the website. All of the show notes, of course, are in there for the podcast. But of course, here on YouTube, if you're watching it on YouTube, show notes are below in the comments and you can go down there and you can click on links. There's all kinds of stuff, but make sure to comment, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. Really, we want to keep in touch with you. And we want to have a good time, but we've got a lot of fun little holiday themed stuff coming. We've got a lot more to watch clearly. And don't forget to, to check us out on Patreon and help us out if you, if you oh, can. So please, yeah. you know what? Thank you for mentioning that. And we've got our Amazon affiliate link, by the way, which you can use yeah. anytime you use Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And then of course, um, yes, the Patreon, patreon.com slash the real Brian. That is, uh, is that what it is? Or is it real Brian show? <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I just like, I'm getting so confused these days. Yeah. All right. Patreon.com slash real Brian show. Sorry. That was a, please consider that because now that we're doing all these other things and we're going to start putting out a lot more content, it is expensive. It it's, it's hard to keep up with everything. So um, I really appreciate it though. But in the meantime, the most important thing, let's take a deep breath, captain, a deep breath, deep thoughts with captain influence. If some random lady wants to kiss me under the mistletoe, she had better be ready to eat one of those berries. Anyone who kisses me has some vomiting in her future. All right, you know what the music means. It is time for us to head on out of here. Thank you for joining us. We always appreciate it. I already mentioned all the website links and everything else. So, you know, go there, check it out, have some fun. We just want to hear from you. We've got so much fun coming, so many new videos, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be glorious. So, Captain, thank you. And thank you very much for listening. Have an amazing week. Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.